exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. DBM East Lansing. You think the Pistons are playoff bound? Man, that last play by the Giants totally gave the rest. This MSU team run. deserves to be in a BCS game. Still and always will be hockey right. You can't hit in this league. You got it. I'm Alex Shar going solo tonight. Was there another hurricane last night? And Bad News Bear Titus Young is gone. All this and more on... This is the Spartan Sports Wrap. Titus Young is gone. And Ron, Meta World Peace, our test, is he at it again? All this and more on today's show. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. If it is your first time tuning in, let me explain to you a little bit how the show is set up. We start first with MSU Sports. That's your Michigan State football, basketball. We'll get into a little hockey, too. Uh, maybe a little volleyball if we're there, With as, as well as MSU and, and Susie Merchant's team has been playing. We'll get Get a little bit even into women's basketball. So we start with MSU. That's the staple. Then we jump to local. That's your Detroit Red Wings, Tigers, Pistons, and more. We jump a little bit to your national as we recover the Super Bowl. We recover the hurricane that set the blackout last night. We'll get into that and all more at 7.08. We always have a special guest this week, but with so much to get to, we're going to have some open lines on today's show. So the number, as usual... 517-432-3893. 517-432-3893. Again, the number 517-432-3893. And of course, we always have our question of the week. And how it works is each week, David and I ask a question at the Spartan Sports Trap, and it goes a little something like this. Score of the week. That's right. It's our score of the week, and this week it's brought to you by Pita Pit. Today's winner will receive a $5 gift certificate towards Pita Pit. You can find more information online at www.pitapitusa.com. The Impact would like to thank Pita Pit for their continuing support and remind you, you may win once per week. So the question of the week, you can find this at our Twitter page at 89FM Sports Trap. You can tweet in a couple answers if you would like. So if you know the answer to where the hometown of incoming quarterback recruit Damian Terry is. What is that hometown of Damian Terry? If you know the answer to the question, for some Pita Pit bucks, you can tweet at 89FM Sports Trap or feel free to call in 517-432-3893. We've already got some callers, so we'll get to that in just a minute. So before you guys get all antsy here, I want to get right into the issues before I uh, recap more of the show. Let's let's get right into it. Let's talk some, uh, some Super Bowl talk. We'll start it off. Uh, we'll start off even with Ray Lewis because with the PED scandal, with the way that the power went out, there's a lot of questions. And uh, I don't know. Let's let's just go to the phones first and see what we got here. You are on the Spartan Sports Trap. Who is this? Where are you calling from? You want to talk some Super Bowl? Hello. Hello. Hey, who is this calling? Where are you from? This is Big DJ from the D. What's up, Alex? DJ, great to have you on, as usual. Uh, let's just talk DJ real quick uh, before we get into a little bit about the Beyonce performance. If that stole the show, let's talk about the power outage. Uh, uh, do you think that that power outage really gave uh, you know the San Francisco 49ers the momentum to get back in the game? Or what was it with that power outage that impacted the game for you? I think there the disparity in age. Even though... Uh, San Francisco is the, the younger team, 
you don't need to warm up as as much as the old guys with Ray Lewis and 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 Big Ed sitting back there <laughs> in the uh, secondary. Yeah. You don't need to warm up as much as those guys. And but but I, I I'm not going to blame it on the power outage. It, all year, San Francisco has been the come from behind team, get behind in the first half to make up the big deficits in the um, second half. And I, I knew that it was coming. I was actually hoping for it because who wants to see a blowout in the Super Bowl? But I, I, I think that it had a bearing more so on the defense of the uh, Ravens, you know, that they're the more seasoned uh, defense and playing against those young guys, uh, Kaepernick and yeah, yeah. Frank Gore and the Michael Crabtree. These are guys that are up and coming and doesn't take as much. I, I kind of equated to me and Big Elmo back in the day. You <laughs> didn't need to stretch that much. You can get the shot off now. We got to stretch in and take a lead before we play back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, DJ, you said you saw it coming the whole time. Now, did you have the 49ers favorite in this game? or who, How did you predict something like that? I, actually, I didn't. I, I was pulling for the Ravens. I knew that it would be a close game, but I knew that uh, even just because of what they've done, if you look at the past a uh, few games, they get behind. They fall behind, and up until last night, they were able to pull it out. But I thought that the uh, Ravens' defense would stand stand, uh, stand tall and, and uh, would stand whatever they gave them at the end of the game, which it pretty much came out that I told little DJ, he's like, oh, man, I told him what would come back to possibly haunt the Ravens yeah. was that yeah. going for it on uh, fourth and nine. I said that could possibly hurt them rather than taking the three. Yep. And they were able to uh, stand tall at the end of the game. But I I, I expected um, San Francisco not to roll over because of who the coach is and how he motivates his players. And that's, that has been their identity for the latter part of the season. So you expected a run. They weren't going to just lay, roll over and die and score. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, another thing with expecting is obviously the MVP. I mean, Flacco won that with three touchdowns, you know, 250-plus yards. Guy had a great game. Now, a lot of people thought with Ray's last game that this was his MVP to lose. Someone even said maybe Ed Reed with, you know, you know, coming off, you know, back deep with the interception to that. He could have even won it. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on the MVP? I think there was the uh, right choice. There was no one. The uh, only other person that could have been considered yesterday was Jacoby Jones. Right, right. I kind of I equated to Blacko had three things. Jacoby Jones had two things. He had a touchdown and a kickoff, a touchdown catch, spectacular touchdown catch, underthrown, came back for the ball, had enough presence of mind to uh, realize that he wasn't touched, got up and hit the uh Zero on the Xbox remote. No, 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 DJ, that. DJ, you got to realize that not only did he have a touchdown, but he had an 108-yard record-setting return touchdown. Never happened record, before. Record tying. That's the record. That's the 108. 109 would have been a record-breaking. Right. The he tied the record, so he's tied with the longest touchdown. But still, Joe Flacco, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Throwing into tight coverages, throwing under on, on the run, all of the things that most people said that he couldn't do when they talked about him before, when he was minus his weapons, minus the Anquan Bolton, minus minus the uh, other speed receivers, the Jacoby Jones and the uh, the other gentleman with the dreads. I can't think of his names right now. Minus the offensive line, he stepped up 
and he did everything that he was criticized for before. Mm-hmm. And I think Ray Lewis was happy to go out with a Super Bowl ring. I think he's evolved to a – he always refers to it as my guys and my team. And I think that he wanted the younger guys who had an experience to experience what he had once before. I, uh, I Seven solo tackles in the uh, Super Bowl, that's, that's good, but it, it wasn't good enough. You know, Super Bowl is not really about defense. It's really people want to see the touchdowns, the aerial attack. Right. That's what they're looking for. And I think Joe Flacco provided what they were looking for. And he, he played a solid game when they needed him on, uh, what was it, third and one? Mm-hmm. And the uh, sideline back shoulder pass to Anquan Bolden. How many uh, coaches would have had, or actually he audible to that, how many people would have had the, the faith in themselves to throw that back shoulder throw, which could have cost them uh, dearly in the game. And he put it there where it could be caught only by Anquan Bolden. And Joe Flacco, Flacco has shed his uh, trigger shy, um, meltdown in the pocket image that they painted of him. And he, he is truly, he predicted himself to be an elite quarterback. And last night he, he showed me that he is, in fact, because it doesn't, you can do it all, all season. doesn't mean anything if you can't perform on the big stage. Very good, DJ. Appreciate your call. In 20 minutes or so, DJ, we're talking Ron Artest and uh, well, Meta World Peace and his little flagrant foul last night. So definitely call back, DJ. We'd love to get to you, but we got some more calls on the line. I always appreciate your call. All right, brother. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. All right. So from DJ, we go to another phone call. You're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Who is this? Where are you calling from? Hello. Hello. Who is this? Where are you calling from? This is Mr. Moe calling from Detroit. Mr. Moe, how are you doing? We're talking a little Super Bowl. Any comments on the Super Bowl, Mr. Moe? Yeah, I have a question for you. Yeah. Does the MVP have to automatically go to the uh, a player on the winning team? So technically, you know, if you if you do a little bit of research, yes, the, the MVP does have to go to a player on the winning team because, you know, when they do give the trophy, the, the big Lombardi, you know, they are celebrating, you know, with the MVP that winner, if that answers your question. Well, I, I realize they're celebrating, but I, I don't know if it's anywhere in the rules. And, and we, when you look at the performance of the two, both the quarterbacks were great. And San Francisco's quarterback... Uh, Although he did uh, throw one interception, uh, he, he calmed down. He brought him back, and, and uh, his passes were like frozen ropes. That's what old people <laughs> used to say. Yeah, yeah, very good. Now, you say the frozen ropes, but, I mean, Mr. Mo, did you catch the majority of the game? Absolutely. And, and with that game, I mean, you saw the power outage. You saw that the NFL was not prepared to make a statement until a day later. You know, they did not blame it over the whole city. I mean, isn't that outrage? I mean, can you believe that, you know, a quote-unquote another hurricane hit New Orleans once again? Uh, uh, is it just me? I mean, if you're listening, 517-432-3893, you know, we're talking MVP. Who should really deserve it? We're talking the power outage. But, hey, Mr. Mo, I mean, what what did you think of this whole ordeal? Well, obviously, uh, we have power outages everywhere. Uh, the explanation, I presume, will be forthcoming at some point. Uh, you know, did it change the momentum? Momentum changes back and forth continually through a game. So did it give one team an advantage of the other? Uh, no. Uh, I couldn't understand why John Harbaugh was uh, seemed to be so upset with that NFL official, the guy in the suit. 
Yeah, he was really chewing them out, but nobody knows what he was talking about. Uh, and, Mr. Moore, it's funny you say that because today there was an announcement on what really was said, you know, when uh, Mr. Harbor over there chewed out that guy in the sidelines. And it wasn't pretty. There's was a lot of expletives. Uh, and, and we'll really hear right now, I mean, uh, we're, I'm going to read you some of these things, Mr. Mo, and you give me your reaction while I have you on the line right now, because a lot of people were wondering what he said. This is off Evan Brunel, off Deadspin, coming out today, and, and this is what he said, Harbo. He said, quote, you want me, you want me to keep my coordinator down here and then go back up? Come on, that is just bleak. Okay. Once okay. again, but once again, you just bleak again, you bleak again, even though the answer's all weak. That's illegal. And he went on and on with this guy in the suit. The guy in the suit never said that. He's just starting to accuse him of all these things. And he just basically took out all his anger on this guy in the suit because uh, he was not happy. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on that? Well, I don't know. I guess we'll really know the full context if, if we can get uh, the whole picture of exactly what happens. But uh, coaches get angry just like players get angry, and the game goes on. Uh, you know, it was good that the refs did not call a lot of that uh, helmet slapping and the you know and the pushing back and forth. Uh, they let them play, and the game was a great game. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now uh, we we just had someone on the on the line before that uh, you know predicted uh, you know that the Ravens would pull it out. Did you you know even with the PED scandal, the performance enhancing drug scandal with Ray Lewis, uh, did that influence your opinions at all on on who would would, would win this game? No, I, I really. Uh, it didn't much matter to me. I was just looking forward to a good football game. Uh, How about Beyonce? How about so Beyonce? Were we it, looking it for Beyonce? Good, yeah. <laughs> it, it was a good game. Like, your show is a good show, and i got to go back to work. So, All right. Very good. Appreciate your time, as always, Mr. Mo. All right. You take it easy. You too. Bye. Bye now. All right. So as we, before we get to another caller, uh, I just want to talk a little bit you know, about what some of the callers have been saying so far. A little personal opinion here. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Flacco, Jacoby Jones might have been the only guy to win the MVP with his performance. But you know what? If you're setting a record in the Super Bowl, I don't care if you throw for five touchdowns and two hundred and three fifty or four hundred yards. But if you're setting records, I mean, I think that alone, you know, makes a statement within itself. If Jacoby Jones returns a hundred and eight yard game, uh, Super Bowl tying touchdown, you know, tying the NFL record for Super Bowl history. I mean, that alone, I think, you know, how, how could you not? It's like winning the Triple Crown, you know, winning all the Triple Crown categories and not getting any reward from it. It's like, how can you not reward someone that has set record-setting performances? And yes, Joe Flacco is the quarterback. Sure, the quarterback, yeah, he does run the offense and did contribute to a lot of the points on the board that gave them the win. But he's got to get some recognition, whether it's they create a top receiver award, they create more awards besides an MVP. They've got to do something about it. Uh, 517-432-3893. Again, the question of the week, score of the week, brought to you by Peter Pitt. For $5, where is the hometown of incoming MSU quarterback recruit Damian Terry? You know the answer to that question. You can tweet at 89FM Sports Rap. You could also call in. We've got Dylan behind the glass taking your calls. 
We've got one more caller on the line. In about five, ten minutes, we're going to jump right into the Detroit Pistons, the trade for Calderon, but it looks like Calderon had some issues with his visa. We'll get to that in a little bit. We'll talk about Iran Artest, quote-unquote, Meta World Peace. I like referring him to still Iran Artest, but we'll talk about Meta World Peace getting into a scruffle with Brandon Knight. Brandon Knight coming out to the press and saying that he was punched by Meta World Peace. Whether that's true or not, they're looking into whether it was a punch. It was a little jabber. We'll get some calls on that, and we've got a caller on the line right now to get into that. So let's jump to the phones. We've got Elmo from Detroit. Elmo, how are you? Alex, how you doing tonight? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well, Elmo. Love your show. Love your show. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Elmo, you caught the Super Bowl. Uh, we already talked a little bit about, about the MVP, the whole Jacoby Jones thing, but uh, let's talk about the show itself, the Beyonce performance that was uh, you know, pretty rocking. Some people think that she stole the show herself. Uh, what about advertisements? Yeah, I, Were you watching on your couch all the commercials? Because some people thought it was a little bit of a letdown this year when it comes to Super Bowl advertising. I, I thought it was. I didn't think it was as good as last year, but I loved Beyonce's show. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was phenomenal. Phenomenal show. Yeah, she just looked like an athlete out there. I mean, it, it, it's not even the fact that, you know, she, you know, graced the stage with her, you know, her facial expressions and her, and, but just. Her beauty. Her beauty. But just, you could see her leg, her leg muscles. She looks like a, even a, a, a woman's basketball player. Yeah, she didn't look like she did. She didn't look like she had a child. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, definitely. Now, now, Elma, let's get right back into the uh, yeah. whole Super Bowl thing. Uh, any comments on the Super Bowl MVP talk and Jacoby Jones, uh, uh, Ray Lewis, the PED scandal, anything like that, Elma? Well, did Jacoby Jones got? I wasn't. I didn't hear who got the MVP. Was it Jacoby Jones? No, it was actually Joe Flacco, and that's the thing, Elma, yeah. because I, Fla- I didn't think that was a good. I think Jacoby Jones should have got the most MVP. Yeah, and we had some callers before that saw you know Flacco was the right choice, but the other guy, Jacoby Jones, put up his case, and yeah. it's unfortunate that Flacco is the quarterback. You know, he controls the outcome of the game. Yes, he is the number one guy for that team, and he did, I'm sure he did give them the win. I mean, he hooked Jacoby Jones up with some passes, but, you know, and even uh, we had a caller DJ say this before, that, you know, it's not a defensive MVP. It's got to be offense, regardless if it's Red Lewis's last game. And, you know, and it, was a fair, it was a fair award. But, uh, you know, it just is just too bad that Jacoby Jones goes unrecognized without any award in that Super Bowl after setting a record. Do you agree or no? Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought it was a phenomenal game, and uh, the way that San Francisco came back was amazing. It was really it was all the way down to the wire. It was a, just a wonderful battle between the two brothers. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, imagine being the parents of the Harbos out there if you're listening. If you're the parents and you got two Harbo boys coaching each other in the Super Bowl, I mean, imagine the tweets and all the reporters and all the questions they must get around the clock. I mean, they don't have any time to just enjoy the game themselves. And that, that must be something to deal with. Now, Elmo, uh, we're going we're gonna to switch a little bit because I know you're a Detroit Pistons guy, and I want to talk to you about the whole Meta World Peace punching, quote-unquote, punching, Brandon Knight, did you catch the yeah, Laker I saw, game? I saw the whole game. Yeah, the whole game. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and here's the thing. Now Brandon Knight's coming out today, and he's making his claim. He's saying that I was punched. Meta punched him. Uh, it was. He's saying it was clean. It was. You know that was the flagrant. But he said this. He says, "Quote: The play needs to be reviewed because he definitely threw it. It felt like he threw a punch. That's why I reacted the way I did. Uh, the play was over. He grabbed me around the neck. If someone grabbed you around the neck." You're not just going to let that happen. You do what you need to get that person off you, end quote. Now, uh, I mean, I, I do see the side of fighting back. You know, you, this, is a, this is a professional sport, a lot of emotion with that. Uh, what's your opinion on the, uh, the quote-unquote little jabber there? 
I think I think Brandon Knight was correct. I mean, you know, we, we all we could do is put ourselves in his shoes and see, you know, here here here's a guy that's strong, big, taller than him. It had him wrapped up around the neck, like you said, and you can see in the replays how the arm gets underneath his jaw, and you can see him take a couple jabs at him. And Knight did what he had to do to get up, get him off, and you know, I think he had to let it, let his presence be known. And I think that's that's the that's what happens in the NBA. I mean, that's I think that's typical. Sure, sure. I mean, we've seen a lot of this happen before. I mean, let's think about it. We've seen some thugs, you know, we've seen a lot of really, really poor decisions. It's not from Metal World Peace. How about Chris Pronger? We've seen it from Pronger, you know, basically getting a, an NH, a fellow NHL player permanently paralyzed and out of the sport for the rest of his life. How about Patrick Waugh? We've seen it before. So, Elmo, and for all of those listening, we're going to have open lines for a little bit here. 517-432-3893. Definitely call in with this one. This is the question. Who is the biggest punk to ever set foot in Detroit? Is it, is it Meta World Peace? I mean, can you not forgive him three or four years ago when he, when he jumped into the stands? Is it a Patrick Waugh? Is it a Patrick Waugh, you know, for coming out and starting numerous fights and, and, and enhancing the rivalry over the years? Or is it Chris Pronger? Is it Chris Pronger? Because you, as a Red Wings fan, know that that guy is just scum off your skates. Who is the biggest punk to ever set foot in Detroit? Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. You could also tweet at eighty nine FM Sport Trap. Elmo, uh, yes, your sir. your opinions on it? I mean, is this guy I just? Go with metal. I think uh, Ron Artez has to be the biggest punk of them all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I just can't think of anyone I mean, else. It's, it's unheard of of a guy running into this, a player running into the stands well, and, and fighting with. Yeah, the yeah, fans. yeah. And I mean, this is a topic that's been brought up before. If, if Meadows the yeah. guy, or, or who who will be that biggest punk to ever set uh, set foot in Detroit? But look, this is why I bring it up now because this isn't the first time. This isn't the second time. Meta World Peace have done this on and on and again. We saw it this past game. We've seen it, you know, when when Meta World Peace has played the Heat. We've seen this guy, you know, just explode when he's playing the sport. Now, um, what are your thoughts, Elmo, when it comes to maybe getting Meta World Peace a permanent ban from the palace? Uh, they've got to do something about this because it's not like this is a reoccurring theme. I mean, I mean, it's not like this is the first time that's ever happened. This is a reoccurring theme, and, and I think the fans would definitely appreciate it. I mean, they banned the guy that Meta World Peace jumped on that, quote-unquote, you know, Put the the water and the beer on him, you know. But they're not going to ban the athlete. I mean, it, for me, it goes both ways here. That's a good point. Very good point. Um, I, I don't think that uh, you know. I, I think the guy's got some issues. There's no question about it. Yeah, almost stay on the line right here. We're going to jump to another call. You are on the Spartan Sports Trap. Who is this? Where you're calling from? This is Sean calling from East Lansing. Sh- Sean, what's going on? Who's the biggest punk for you to ever set set, uh, set foot in the city of Detroit? I'm here to call a trivia question. Oh, great, uh, great, great. Damian Terry and Dallin Williams are both from Cathedral Prep in Erie, Pennsylvania. Hey, we'll get some claps there. Congratulations. Oh, you were, I'm going to put you on for the other line with Dylan. Before, so how you can uh, claim that prize? Congratulations. $5 for Peter Pitt. Thanks for calling in, Sean. Hey, but, Sean, while well, I have you on the line, any comments on the whole art test thing? Uh, how about the Super Bowl? Anything like that? Uh, I focus on high school recruiting. You know, I'm not. I'm more worried about college sports. Hey, well, high school recruiting. We got signing day right around the corner. I mean, any any thoughts on uh, Michigan State's class? Uh, well, I cover uh, Spartan sports for uh, 24/7 Sports. So oh, great, great. I'm very familiar with uh, Michigan State's 2013 recruiting class. Uh, Antonio and Co. are once together putting together a uh, wonderful class, and uh, I've gotten to know 
Dowling uh, Williams and Damian Terry, mm-hmm. and that uh, whole group that D'Antonio's bringing in from uh, Northern PA mm-hmm. is definitely going to change the way Michigan State recruits in the future. Oh, and definitely. And, of course, they've got a lot of shoes to fill, as you know. Uh, and here's the thing I want to ask you just real quick, Sean, uh, last question. I promise if you want to get off the line, you can hang up. But listen, here, Sean, this is what I'm going to ask you. Uh, Michigan, they signed Derek Green. They landed him. That was the big signing for them. They're pretty high up. Uh, Michigan State now trying to embody going out of state. They're starting to get some Florida guys now in northern Pennsylvania, like you said. Uh, what does this say about that rivalry? I mean, I mean, is Michigan still at that stronghold? Or year by year, it seems that those Spartans are creeping up. They're starting to get some high-profile out-of-state guys. Is that true, or what are your thoughts on that? That's definitely some truth to it. Um, you know, Michigan State, let's start from the get-go, can only have a small class. I mean... They were projected to only take, you know, 12 guys and with three guys taken off the NFL. So they have a solid group of 18 guys. Right. Now, if you take that number, okay, 18, yeah. and you divide it by the 24 composite, mm-hmm. and then you take Michigan's class, I, I don't know their total number, and you divide that, you look at the parity that both Michigan State and Michigan are bringing in some high-end athletes. Now, Look at a guy like, you know, Derek Green. Yeah, great running back. But look at a guy like, you know, R.J. Shelton that Michigan State's, you know, stealing out of, you know, Wisconsin. I mean, he's a true speedster that's going to make an impact next mm-hmm. season. And then yeah, you got a guy, yeah, yeah. General Holmes, out of Flint. I mean, talking about two power running backs. I mean, no one knew about Le'Veon Bell coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you one thing that D'Antonio and Cole know how to do. What's that? They know how to coach up the talent that they, they recruit. And they recruit those players for a reason. And they're known for finding those diamonds in the rough. Adding the guy like Noah Jones, you know, at the mm-hmm. Dillard High School. Yeah, big in sign. Florida. I mean, like Michigan State has a very high-end talent coming in. And in my book, it's a top 25 class any way you look at it. Thank you for that recruiting update, Sean. I'm going to send you back over to Dylan. Just recall him on the other line. Thanks a lot, Sean. Anytime. All right, thank you. All right, we're going to jump back to Elmo. Elmo, are you there? Hey. Almo, thanks a lot for holding. Uh, sure. I just want to continue with you. Uh, actually, uh, we're just in a minute here, but I'm going to ask you one more question. We're going to jump to a quick break, but I'm going to ask you to stay on just a little bit more after the break. Just stay tuned after the break. But real quickly, tracing back to the uh, whole uh, Meta World Peace thing, uh, let's talk about the Calderon thing because that trade. I Calderon, I love Calderon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but here's the thing, though. We love. I mean, you may love the guy right now, but he may not be there for long. I think the point of making the move uh, in, in terms of Duma and the organization's plan for that move was bring up some cap, trying to maybe dish out a Stucky with a Charlie V, make an acquisition maybe this year, and then next year maybe sign someone in the free agent market. Uh, uh, first of all, your state on the trade and what they're doing, and second, uh, what's the plan of action here, Elma? Well, I'm sorry to see TP go because he was my all-time favorite for the last couple yeah, of yeah. years. Yeah, well, yeah. Why is that? Why was he your favorite? I just liked his, he was a quiet kind of guy. He, he gave 100%. You know, didn't not a lot of controversy out of him, and uh, he could put up the points. You know, he's a great shooter. He could go inside. Uh, guards were hard to cover him because of his size, and um, I was sad to see him go from the Pistons. But I can understand that's the business and the business aspect of it. But mm-hmm. um, with Calderon now, I think with him at the point and Brandon Knight at the shooting guard. I think that you, I think a trade with Stucky and, like you said, uh, uh, what's the what was his name? Villavosa. 
Villanueva, Villanueva. Yeah, I'd like to see him go. I think he's useless. Yeah, let's let's, let's add some listeners as we uh, uh, continue. Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Do you want to see Charlie V go? Have you had it with this guy? Did he blow up your contract numbers? If you're a Piston fan. Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. You can also tweet at eighty nine FM Sports Rap. Uh, and actually, when Dylan gets off the phone here, we're going to jump to a quick break. But we're just going to need a minute. So Elmo, you know, even with the whole Charlie V thing, uh, who would you want to sign if, if you're the Pistons? Are you looking at the Josh Smith? Are you trying to land a Dwight Howard? I mean, who is going to be that guy? If anyone, are, are you going to go for a big two model? Are you going to try to go for the big three? Uh, what's the plan here? Um, I think. Right now, we just have to wait to see who's going to be available. I think Dwight Howard would be a bad choice. I think he's got a lot of baggage behind him. I think he's a little overrated. He's just a big body. Um, Josh Smith, he's an excellent ball player, a little out of control. I don't think the Pistons need a player like that. I think they need someone who's more well-groomed, who's been around for a little while. Um, I I would love to see Kevin Garnett come to Detroit, but I think they're trying to make a trade for him to go to the Clippers. But um, I think it's going to be hard finding a, a good player to get in a free agent. I don't. Have to, I think the best bet for the Pistons will go after college players. Yeah, so, so some draft picks. Okay, very good. Elmo, I'm going to ask yep. you to hold on as we jump to a quick break here at the Spartan Sports Draft. 517-432-3893. Pistons moves, Lakers, Ron Artest, well, Meta World Peace, and more. Right when we get back from this short break on Impact 89FM. You're listening to Impact Exposure. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. Morning, gentlemen. Want to hear our specials? Sure. First, we have the seafood special. It's been sitting around here for a week. We're known around these parts for our food poisoning. Wouldn't it be great if you could be warned of life's risks? If you have diabetes, you can. It's called A1C, a simple blood test that can help measure your risk of complications such as heart attack. To find out more, go to www.diabetesa1c.org. Brought to you by the American Diabetes Association, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation International, and the Ad Council. Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89FM. Congratulations to Sean, if you're still listening, for getting our question of the week correctly for some Pita Pit Bucks. Stay tuned for more giveaways in recent, uh, not recent, upcoming weeks if you'd like to win some prizes right here on Impact 89FM. Elmo, while I have you on here, going to talk a little more, Elmo, about the Pistons lineup. And, and here's my next question, Elmo. Uh, yes. With the Pistons, you know, you, you said the draft picks. And, and here's one thing. I'm not so sold on this draft class. I mean, you know, they've got, you know, Shabazz, you know, Shabazz and they've got some guys coming up, but the Pistons are a team right now that they're on the brink of even 
making that eighth seed. They're still, you know, kind of hanging in there, not really sure what's going to happen with their team. It's still, you know, debating whether they're going to be a last place team, if they're going to finish, you know, just making the cut for the playoffs. So what are your thoughts on the draft class? Uh, you know, I think we got Drummond now, who's, who's coming along really well. Really well, yeah. We'll get to that in a minute, but go on, yeah. And um, I just think that they needed they needed some big big bones in there, some big players. Uh, they got this player coming out of UNLV, who was a freshman this year. I think he might go out next year. I think he's good. He could be a strong forward that they can build on down low in the post. But I, I don't know if he's as. I hope he's bigger than. Um, Number 54, what's his name for the Pistons? Max Seal. Max Seal. Yeah, I hope he's a little bit bigger than Max Seal, but they need someone bigger and the same kind of body strength. Right. Rebound. Yeah, and, you know, Anthony Bennett may be the guy. You know, uh, he's proven himself as a forward. I mean, he's got a little bit of height on him, but. Uh, and, and here's the other thing I'm asking, and, and this is something that has to do with general management. You've got four guards, not three. You don't have Knight, you don't have Stucky, and you don't have Calderon, but you've got Will Bynum, who recently has established himself as a pretty consistent. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I don't know about you, Elmo. I, I've watched this guy, you know, throughout the last couple of games. I'm pretty happy with his performance. Yeah, he's been playing very well for the Pistons. He's making things happen. Yeah, I mean, and, if, and even though if he is playing well, it's not like they're losing games. I mean, he's single-handedly won them a couple games. I mean, he's made some plays that have given them some wins. And that's another thing that I want to bring up is you've got four guards, and you just trade away Tayshaun. Uh, how are you going to balance this team? Well, they're going to have to let a couple. They're going to have to let one go. English will probably be gone, and then they're going to have to. Uh, they're going to probably make a trade before the deadline. And that's what everybody's saying. But who the who who wants Ronnie Stuckey? Find someone out there that does. Elmo, thanks a lot for your call. Always appreciate you calling in. Yeah, thanks, Alex. I love your show. Thank you. Okay. All right. So if you're listening out there, who in the NBA would want Ronnie Stuckey? I don't have an answer. I mean, we've got a guy shadowing here right now. I don't think he has an answer either. But if you have an answer listening, 517-432-3893 is the number. We'd like to congratulate Sean again for winning the question of the week. Uh, That was getting the question correctly about where is the hometown of incoming quarterback recruit Damian Terry, and that's Erie, Pennsylvania. So congratulations to Sean. But uh, I'd also, you know, want to continue on this talk about – uh, you know, where Ronnie Starkey's going to go, what they're going to do with this current team. I mean, it, it, just, it just mind boggles me because we've seen them spend the money on Gordon and Charlie V where they could have made a big splash in someone else. I mean, you put your money into it, you put your investment, it didn't pan out. We've talked about this week by week. But here's the thing I don't understand, and it just kills me to talk about this, is... If if you if you put in money to two guys and they don't pan out, then why do you still have them playing on your team after four or five years go by? Now, sure, they did get rid of Ben Gordon, finally. But why do they still have Charlie V on this team? Is it because nobody wants Charlie V? Or is it simply because they just somewhat see something in him? But I'm not so sold after four to five years that he has anything at all. 517-432-3893. We're talking Detroit Pistons and the uh, Meta World Peace thing. Who's the biggest punk that's ever stepped foot in Detroit? Is it Meta World Peace? Is it Patrick Waugh? Are you going to do a hockey in the D kind of thing? A Michigan-Michigan State rival? Are you going to put out a, you know, put a Matt DeBlau in there starting fights? Or who's it going to be, you know, if it's not Meta World Peace? 
517-432-3893. Open line for the la- for the last 20 minutes of this show. Uh, jumping a little bit real quick uh, with MSU basketball. We'll get into this topic right now. Big game this Wednesday uh, versus the Minnesota Golden Gophers. And no, it's not for you know any sort of trophy, but... It's for Michigan State's Big Ten reputation, and with Michigan dropping at Indiana, not being number one anymore, it puts a little power back in the hands of the people. I mean, Indiana, Michigan, both. You know, they've had their struggles. They did beat, uh, you know, Indiana did beat the Spartans, but gives them some hope. Gives them the chance to get back in it, and hopefully, you know, they can pull one out after their tough loss this weekend. Tom Izzo uh, came out with a press conference today to talk about that last loss, and uh, we'll get into it right now, some of the recap of that game. It was 13-7, uh, Oladipo, you know, giving him the, you know, an early nine-point lead, Brandon Dawson playing very well, Adrian Payne showcasing his NBA potential, we'll get to that in just a minute, but the thing that, that, that really I didn't understand was, you know, was the performance of Keith Appley. I mean, this is a guy all year that's, you know, been, quote-unquote, the leader of this team. He's been the guy in late situations to make. He's been that playmaker. He's made those big shots. But yeah, sure. You know, you've got Gary Harris to back him up. I'm not going to argue with that. You know, Gary's playing very well. 21 points, numerous three pointers made in that game, clutch three pointers. Uh, but here's the thing: when Keith Appling scores three points and follows out and, and cannot continue the game in a very close game, it puts a lot of problems in my hands for me. I mean. That's that's the thing is is that you know Keith Appling is such an essential part you know part of this team that it really just kills him. Now, if you think otherwise, feel free to call in or tweet. But for me, that just overall does it. Is that Keith Appling? You know, the reason they dropped that game was simply from Keith Appling. Uh, just real quick, we missed this actually about 19 minutes ago when we were in that Super Bowl discussion. But this is from John Yales tweeting into us. Uh, he's saying the only time a player from the losing team has ever won a Super Bowl was Chuck Howley from the Dallas Cowboys. It is allowed. So, hey, John Yills, thanks for correcting me because, you know, as far as Mr. Moe is concerned, we had no idea that you could lose a Super Bowl and, and win an MVP. That's, I mean, Chuck Howley, I'm going to look at the statistics real quick here. I mean, he must have had a heck of a game to win Super Bowl MVP and you lose the game. I mean, I mean, can you think of any other situation where you know you lose the team, you lose the game, but you still win the MVP. I mean, that for me is just incredible. I mean, here's the reason why this guy won. He filled up the statue that game. That was Super Bowl five, and this was right when the Super Bowl was beginning. So maybe they've changed it a little bit because of the, the you know the changing times in sports. But Chuck Howley, two interceptions. A fumble recovery, uh, fumble recovery, and ten tackles in one Super Bowl. I mean, that's tremendous. So, I applaud you, Chuck Howley, for winning that. Uh, you certainly deserve that, regardless of a win or loss. Uh, but imagine the controversy that must have been back then when uh, you give uh, when you're giving you know the Super Bowl MVP to losing team. Sure, I guess it is allowed. Chuck Howley did win, but I can't imagine the controversy that Chuck Howley must have had when he was awarded initially the MVP. Uh, it's back to uh, jumping back to MSU basketball here. Let's talk about Adrian Payne for a minute because, like I said, that performance from him, he definitely put a word out on how he can handle himself. And this is what I'm talking about. I mean, Adrian Payne 
coming into the season, had a lot to prove. Statistically wasn't all there. Statistically had a lot of things to take care of. But just seeing Adrian Payne on a no-look reverse alley-oop, that just showcased that he has that athleticism to make it to the next level, in my opinion. Now, if you think otherwise, if Adrian Payne, for you, is not uh, NBA ready, feel free to call in, 517-432-3893. Only 17 minutes left in this show, so we're trying to get those calls in before we close out here. But uh, and here's another story I want to get to, and this is out of uh, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, you know, Mike Griffith. But this has to do with uh, some quote-unquote death threats, quote-unquote death threats made to MSU's Russell Bird on Twitter. And, and this is what I'm talking about. This came out on January 30th uh, from Mike Griffith from MLive. And <clears throat> according to this article here, that uh, I guess that there was a tweet uh, that, that, that Bird uh, had an earful over after his uh, 29% three-point shooting and inability to contribute. Is One guy said this, quote, Bury him at uh, the bottom of the red cedar. Bury Russell Bird at the bottom of the red cedar? Are you kidding me? He's that bad that you're going to bury him at the bottom of the red cedar? Come on, we don't put anyone at the bottom of the red cedar. I don't, I don't even put, I, I won't even put, uh, you know, I won't even put Metal World Peace on the bottom of the red cedar. I mean, that, that, that's just so bold to say something like that. Putting him at the bottom of the red cedar for missing some shots? It's, it's not like he's lost any games for us. It'd be, it'd be different if Russell Bird, you know, committed the Yashesky play or something if you're, if you're a Red Sox fan. It'd be one thing if he missed a game-tying free throw like we saw in the Memphis game. But, I mean, Russell Bird hasn't been that bad. It's laughable, Bird said. You can't get caught up in stuff like that. So, uh, I mean, just if, if you're listening here, I mean, I want to get some interaction on this. 517-432-3893. When is the last time, feel free to tweet as well, at 89FM Sports Rap, but when is the last time you've seen anything, any death threats publicized like this to a college athlete? Yeah, sure. I mean, we've seen plenty of times happen, but, I mean, these are students. These are students trying to get a college education, and they're dealing with death threats in college. I mean, not only is that just just mind-boggling in terms of just the demands of it, but just imagine the safety that these guys must feel as college athletes. I mean, I, I think that there's that safety net. There's that, that hollowness. You're, you're a student athlete. You know, it's a respect thing. But at the same time, when you're dealing with, Twitter death threats and social media? Please, please, hire a social media director. Make sure this stuff doesn't happen. Have a some social media psychologist. I don't know. I mean, just just stop it. Uh, death threats to the bottom of the Red Cedar for Russell Bird? He hasn't been that bad, but hey, listen, if you feel otherwise that Russell has not matched your you know, your your uh, expectations, feel free to call in 517-432-3893. Yeah, sure. Russell, you know, very highly recruited guy from Fort Wayne. You know, he's a lot of hype coming into the season. Sure, he maybe has not played the well, uh, hitting his shots as, as much as he'd like to. But he's done a lot of good things. I mean, he is the captain of the team along with Nick's. I mean, I think that says a lot right there. And, and here's the other thing. I mean, you do have that bird's nest. A couple of my buddies are in there. You, you've got the bird's nest. As, as bad, quote-unquote, poorly as he's been playing, he still has a lot of support. I mean, if, if the guy was really that bad, I don't think there'd be a bird's nest at all. So, I open the lines, 517-432-3893, with 12 minutes left in the show. 
and hopefully we'll get a little opinions on uh, Russell Burt. Uh, and as we close out the show, and if you're wondering, I'm sorry I didn't I didn't get to this earlier, but David DeFever, usually who's the co-host with me, he's out today covering the women's basketball game. And speaking of that women's basketball game, uh, very, very big game as well as uh, Mich- uh, Michigan State has been playing. Susie Merchant starting off undefeated, but it's Michigan State versus Michigan in women's basketball. And, and yeah, it's a rivalry, sure, but this is a very, very good Michigan State basketball team this year. Very good. And the thing about it is that not only is it, you know, a big game, but it it's it's a, a it's a game that I think that women's basketball is making statements that, you know, us as students and college campuses, sure, we probably pay way more attention to the football and basketball, but we're gonna pay attention to women's basketball as long as the team's good. We're, we're gonna follow them. I mean, Susie Merchant obviously. You know, putting on you know putting on a great squad, one of her best years ever as a coach, starting off undefeated. Uh, you know, let's talk about with Kate Thompson and Nia Jordan from Michigan. I mean, these are two girls that you know could play pretty well. I mean, that's going to be definitely a tough game. Jasmine Thomas, Clarissa Bell, Jasmine Hines, even. I mean, Clarissa Bell coming into it, you know, winning you know Miss Basketball. I mean, that that was a lot of hype as well. So. Any comments on Michigan State basketball? Any comments on the Super Bowl? We'll get back into advertising a little bit. 517-432-3893. You can also tweet at us at 89FM Sports Wrap. So if you'd like to get in with any of that stuff, feel free to call or tweet in. And again, I'd like to reward Sean, congratulate him on his question of the week. Uh, He got the question correctly uh, um, about Damian Terry. What was... His hometown. So congratulations to him. And I would like to remind everyone uh, that in future weeks, if you stay tuned, feel free to remember. Call in 517-432-3893. Uh, you can also tweet us at 89FM Sports Wrap. We ask a question each week uh, about uh, we ask a question each week about uh, what what it's going to be. Who do you like in certain situations? Uh we ask a new trivia question to win a potential prize. So definitely stay tuned for that. Now, let's hear from the guy shadowing over here. Uh, I mean, what are your thoughts? Just, uh, I mean, where do you want to start? You want to start with the Super Bowl talks? You want to, you want to start it off with, uh, you know, you, you go into Michigan State basketball, the Meta World Peace. First of all, uh, who's your biggest punk to ever set foot in the city of Detroit? Dan? Uh, I have to agree completely with what's been said about Meta World Peace. Um, I, I watched the the... Malice at the Palace, like they used to call it. I watched it live, and I've just never seen anything like that. I've never seen someone jump into the stands, throwing punches at fans. It's got to be, it's got to be him for me. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. We we haven't really had any other callers. I mean, sure, we may be a little biased. We both agree it's Meta World Peace, but uh, let me put it into another perspective here. I mean, what about a Patrick Wah? And this is why, because. Dating back to 2003, dating back to the 90s. I mean, this guy was a villain. He was a foe. People despised him. People spat at him. If Twitter was around back then, I mean, he might have been the most tweeted guy of all time. Exactly. I mean, he started goalie fights. He made goalie fights what they were. And and it came at with, with nine to two wins in a playoff game in a game seven. I mean, we've seen it, you know, when the Wings winning the Cup some years and the Avs just... You know, purposely, not even not even just by playing the game, but they purposely start. You know, they they purposely start fights just because they 
want to revy up the team. They they just despise the personal people themselves. Uh, I mean, do you see a case for Waugh? And what else, what other evidence would you back him with? I, I can definitely understand how he can be argued with in, the, in that same category, no doubt. And, and the fact that he helped spur such an intense rivalry, an iconic rivalry in hockey, the whole abs and wings in the in the, in the early 2000s was a pretty iconic hockey rivalry. But when it when it comes down to it, at least from what I've seen, I I would just still have to go with Metal World Peace. Absolutely. Now, uh, as we are talking, we're talking about Adrian Payne a little bit, the Indiana loss. Uh, was Indiana just better that game? Uh, did you catch the game? I did, yes. Yeah. Um, I think Michigan State was a better team that game, honestly. And, and like you said, Appling didn't show up that game. You got to commend him a little bit for bouncing back in the Illinois game. And he led that team completely. It was clutch in the end. Just did everything for us. Filled the stat sheet, too. But about the Indiana game, I think, you know, there's never a good loss. And like Tom Izzo like to say, there's never right. a good right, loss. Right, right. A loss is a loss, sure. A loss sure. is a loss. But that's one of the first times in a long time that I've come, like, watched a game, watched the loss, and come out of it feeling better about the team. Definitely saw some strides. Gary Harris responded well going back to his home state hitting some clutch threes, like you said. Travis Trice got some good minutes in, and hopefully his injury isn't too serious yeah, yeah, for yeah, the future. Yeah, and that's the thing, Danny, is that, I mean, before this game even began, Adrian Payne and, and pro talks was out the window. Well, I mean, we didn't start talking about Adrian Payne and his pro potential until after this Indiana game when he proved it on the big stage. When exactly. He, when he was putting up you know, points and rebounds galore. Now, uh, here's the thing I want to ask you. Do, you. do you think this guy is NBA ready right now? Would you, would you draft him if you're a team in the second round as he's projected? I'd like to I'd like to see how he how he does in the end of the season first, but I definitely think I've always thought he has the NBA athletic ability and the NBA talent, and not just when it comes down to throwing down the dunks down low, but like like he showed in that Indiana game, he hit a few early threes, and he's right. he's our best free throw shooter percentage wise. He's really an athletic all around the floor kind of guy, and with his size, that's pretty rare. So I think. I think he can be NBA ready. Definitely. No, no, no. And let's get back from that being NBA ready to the hype of the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry. After dropping that game, got their little tester next week. Uh, well, not next week, on two days against Minnesota. Uh, how will this game affect the Michigan game? I mean, is this going to be a game that, you know, Minnesota's very, very undermatched coming into this game? Or are they looking more towards the following week? Or, you know, I, I don't know. Would you throw them out the window quite yet? Oh, there's no way. And, and Tom Izzo coached teams. They, I'm sure he's got them prepared for for Wednesday. And it's not. They have another game before that too. They have to go at Purdue, which is never an easy place to play. Um, I think they gotta they gotta focus on Minnesota. That's one of our two Big Ten losses. And just let let the week unfold. Let the week unfold is right. Hopefully the pulling out will get more coverage with you next Monday on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Five minutes left in the show. Uh, before we get going, uh, we're going to get to our Goon of the Week in just a minute here. But before we get to that, I want to talk real quick about the advertisements. We mentioned at the beginning, uh, we'll talk about it with you. I'm sure you got the Super Bowl, Danny. Uh, what advertisements stuck out for you? Because and here's how I see it. There were two that really did it for me. Okay. Sure, it was a letdown. There's the Taco Bell commercial, that but, one but was the funny, the yeah. thing about the Taco Bell one is that it had drunk driving in it. There's always going to be that thing that you know condones drunk driving. 
The other one that led that for me was Letterman's Use the Laces one, the David Letterman one. Uh, that that was that was a bright one for me too. But uh, did you catch any uh, any of your personal favorites? Um, like you said, I thought the Taco Bell one was funny. And of course, being a college kid, you might kind of look over some of the <laughs> the drunk driving undertones right, right. and stuff. But that definitely is a problem that I'm sure that they're going to have to address in the next coming days. But as a whole, the advertisement was the advertisements were pretty pretty forgettable. I think nothing too special this year. Absolutely. Now it's time to get to our, to our very favorite segment of the show, and it goes a little something like this. Goon, 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 goon. Goon of the week. That's right. It's our goon of the week. And how it works is each week at the Spartan Sports Wrap, we pick a goon. Someone who we think didn't really shed a positive light on themselves. Uh, And this week, instead of a someone, it's going to be a special something. And this is what I like to call the Superdome in New Orleans. You fool. Power outage at the Super Bowl. The last time we saw something like that was when the 49ers had their own power outage a year ago in Candlelight. I mean, we've seen it before. The 49ers were experienced with this power outage. But come on. Did Beyonce herself really take the power out of the stadium? I, mean, I just don't understand. Danny, uh, how does something like it happen? I don't get it. I, I don't get it either. It's inexcusable. You, you've you known for a long time the Super Bowl is going to be at that venue. You've had months to prepare for the Super Bowl to make months. sure something like years, that years, doesn't happen. years. That's of the things of a short list of things that could go that wrong to stop a game. You have to realize that you, uh, that's just inexcusable. You can't let that happen. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Now, now enough with the whole rant about uh, the power outage. And the thing that, that I still want to go off that was the NFL couldn't even speak about it. I mean, we waited the whole game. They had to wait a whole twenty-four, uh, not even twenty-four. They had like twelve, twenty hours or something like that till they even made the initial comment on what it was. It's horrible. I mean. You saw Jim John Harbaugh on the sidelines screaming at the guy. You know, don't tell me, you know, that power's going to go out. You know, my offensive coordinator's upstairs running down. You know, no one's ready. This is preposterous. It's yeah, horrible. Unbelievable. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. Now, capping off on that, you know, there's another one that, you know, may spark you or, or, hen, or hinder you on this one, and it goes with the Detroit Lions vote, Titus Young. It's a sad day in Detroit. Titus Young is no longer a Lion. He's been waived as of today at 3.50 p.m. According to NBC Sports, move is, quote-unquote, not the least bit surprising. Uh, he's had his fi- uh, behavior and attitude issues. Uh, he took it to Twitter to declare himself a future Hall of Famer. Uh, he Bold then statement. threatened retirement, blasting the Lions organization. And, hey, with Titus Young being put on waivers... Lions give out $555,000. Not just that. They give up a training camp reporting bonus of $184,000. And then they get an off-season workout bonus of $50,000. So a lot of money drained on a guy they thought that maybe would pan out one day. Now, disappointment was worth the investment because the guy had some tools. He did have a little bit of, a little bit of potential in him, Danny. I think it's, it's sad to see somebody like that go. He's a good player, but his off-the-field issues, and even on the field with the insubordination, lining up in the wrong spots against Green Bay, yeah, that's right, right. unacceptable <laughs> as well. And I think that's that's a big problem that the Lions have right now is they need to look more into who they draft. Yeah, As you can see, he had problems like this at Boise State. This isn't new for Titus Young. People, you know, people like Fairley, he's, he wasn't new to problems, to legal troubles. And I think that's just... Discipline is what's really holding back this Lions team that's chock full of talent. But they need to they need to figure out what's going on inside the locker room first. No, definitely agree with you there. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the Sparring Sports Wrap. We've got a minute left in this show. Just a little bit more about next week. 
Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the catfishing. Catfish? What are you going to go fishing for cats? No. The University of Michigan, reported by ESPN, is reportedly giving some online lessons, a little uh, advising to their athletes. Uh, does it happen more at other colleges? It could be a little sports rap chat. Maybe we'll have one of those within the next month. We definitely want to stay tuned for that. The dangers of online relationships. Will it hurt athletes? Will Monty Teo have another host itself? Uh, we'll get to all that more in future weeks, potentially next week. We'll get into the Detroit Red Wings. We've got David DeFever back in the studio. A lot going on with this Red Wing team. The third and fourth line's not contributing. Defense up in the air. A lot of question marks with the team without Nicholas Lidstrom. We'll get to all that and more next week. And then, of course, uh, along with the offensive support, where's the punch from the initial attack? Cleary out to Kittle, Drew Miller. Uh, no goals, one assist, all combined. And even 2-2 in that, too. Yeah, we've seen 2-2 starts and fights, but it's a little bit of lack of production. We'll get to all that and more next week on the Spartan Sports Hub. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Alex Sharg. Danny, of course, thanks again for coming on the air a little bit with us. Of course, thank you. And uh, we'll be back next week. Stay tuned for more. I'll see you next Monday right here on Impact 89FM. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.